0: Are you an attorney that wants to help seniors have peace of mind and not go broke paying for the care that they need? But you also want to make better money than you're making right now. This is Elder Law in a Box. You'll become proficient helpers of the aging. Now your host, Certified Elder Law Attorney and Past President of the National Elder Law Foundation. This is Elder Law in a Box and this is Todd Watley.
1: listening. As always, this is the Elder Law in a Box podcast. And today I am excited because we have our first guest. I've I've never interviewed anyone on this podcast before. And so I am very honored uh, to have the current president of the National Elder Law Foundation. Her name is Marilyn Miller. And thank you for being here.
2: Thank you, Todd. Thank you for having me. Sure.
1: Thank you. So um Let's start out first. Let's let the people know that you're a real attorney and where you live and, and what you do right now and wh- how you got into elder law, because I have found no one ever starts out in elder law. They end up in elder law. That's exactly right.
2: Uh, I was licensed in Missouri, actually, in 1981, I and I clerked for the bankruptcy court. I got my LLM in tax. I was going to be a tax lawyer. But I wasn't crazy about practice, so I went out on my own and um, ended up in Texas, and my dad was a lawyer, and he sent me uh, a Kansas Bar Journal. This was back, I moved in 88, so this would be the early 90s, and in the margins uh, of one of the articles, he wrote, This is the Future, and it was an article on elder law. And I thought, well, I've never listened to my dad before, being, <laughs> being the strong-headed woman that I am. Sure. And I thought, maybe this is the time to do it. So I took, uh, and elder law was just in its infancy. And uh, so I took a, a course that was offered in Texas and decided that I liked practice. I liked the philosophy. I liked the, the way it went. And it fit in with what I was doing with the state planning, and and
1: and broader than that. So um, that's how I tripped into it. Interesting. So, how would you define elder law? Just off the top of your head, how would you define elder law? Is a broad,
2: holistic is an overused word, but it really but it describes this practice for um, aging issues for uh, adults older folks and their families and, and recently special folks too. That That's a, that's a really important companion practice.
1: Yeah. Our understanding of Medicaid for the older people translates very well to Medicaid younger. Right. People. Right. And particularly when older people want to leave money to that disabled grandchild, it just fits exactly. in our practice very well. Yeah.
2: And I found I, I moved to a small town in, in Texas that's getting, figure all the time but a lot of the older folks when i moved in were disinheriting their children or grandchildren with special needs uh leaving it to other hopefully responsible kids and, and good we intentions. Had, well, absolutely and and some of it worked some of it worked out very well but i always tried to convince them that there was a better way to do it uh, in a more humane way
1: sure so. sure okay so let's talk about. Uh, what is a certified elder law attorney? Certified elder law attorney
2: is um, an attorney who does or thinks they do elder law. And, uh, and and the first step is to look at the areas of elder law practice that the National Elder Law Foundation has set up and see if you really do all that. And it, it's, it's a broad range. Um, then you... Uh, have, Practice in that area for five years, so you know there's experience behind the designation. And the uh, whoever wants to be a certified elder law attorney has to pass an exam uh, and have references and uh, keep up their continuing education. So it's a credential, um, not just certifi- not just a certification, but or not just a certificate, oh, yeah. or certificated. It's a certified. Uh, with, it's a process. It's a it's a process, and it's a daunting process. But yeah. once you get there, it's
1: it's just really well worth it. Okay. And so, the National Elder Law Foundation is the organization that's been approved by the ABA to do this process, right? And so, what what else do they do? You're you're now president. So, what what does the National Elder Law Foundation do? Uh,
2: the The National Elder Law Foundation. The, primary purpose is to certify uh, new elder law attorneys to make sure that the current certified elder law attorneys uh, maintain the standards that we expect and to um, provide um, information between information sharing um, they do so much Um, you know (laughs) we try to promote the elder law brand the elder law certification but it's, it's hard to, and there's there's a lot of that going on because, uh, or a lot of <coughs> moving parts to that, because my practice, I'm a solo practitioner in a small town. Uh, some of our elder law attorneys have big firms in big cities. So, um, but you just want folks to know that there's a difference.
1: Okay. Yeah. You said it's it's for people um, who think that they're doing elder law. And-, and- I like to think of it as if you've gone through the, you know, an attorney can do anything. Right. I could go out and I could represent someone in a divorce. I could represent someone that's been arrested for DWI. Yep. I don't think I'll do very good at it, but I could. My license lets me do that. Right. And I think when I'm looking to refer someone to, for elder law issues, a certified elder law attorney tells me when a person has that designation, it. It tells me they are pretty much full time elder law because it to go through this process you have to dedicate your practice to exactly. pretty much that.
2: Exactly. And and it, it's your primary area of practice and and to keeping up with the uh, educational requirements. You've got it you've got to to do that. And I tell people when they ask why they should come to me rather than go to the guy down the street, I said, It's it's like getting your car fixed, you know. If you, you can take it to anybody, but if you've got, you know, a foreign car, you want to go to a foreign car mechanic. If you've got, you know, a, a, it, it's go to a specialist, specialist things.
1: I relate it back to physicians. Most of our older people, they, they really do understand the importance of a, a specialist physician. Your family practice doctor can say, yeah, something's wrong with your heart. I'm not real sure what it is because I know yeah. a lot about livers and kidneys and shoulders and brains, but I don't know exactly what's wrong. So I'm going to send you to a heart specialist right. so that you know that's what they do. They don't know anything about kidneys or brain, you know, not anything. But right. they focus, and that's what we are as attorneys. Is we are your specialist. And and you're right because because what we do is we spot issues. I have I have couples come in and
2: say I've just got a simple will. And I, thought, I need. <laughs> well, I need a simple will. Need, a simple, need will. a simple will. I said, well, that might be true, but what about? And I'll give him like, what if your daughter, that's supposed to be, what if she's in a car accident, God forbid, and is incapacitated? What happens then? Oh,
3: I hadn't thought about well, that. Well, yeah,
2: yeah, and so we. I think. I think that's another thing that the elder law attorney does is we. In law school, they called it the parade of horribles, and so we trot out all of the things that could possibly go wrong sure. and try to cover that yeah. in your in your documents and in your drafting. Also, if you ask, well, what what about you know you have have people don't like to talk about certain things, mm-hmm. and well, yeah, my son really is in prison. Okay, well, that's not a special needs, but it's the kind of thing that you have to. Go, and and draw out. No, well, yeah, my daughter's got Down syndrome, but you know, but she's doing fine. Okay, well, okay. You don't know what they're embarrassed about. You don't know what they're. Um. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of social worker, that has to come out in this practice too, because you've got to be compassionate. Got to be, uh. Well, sometimes hard
1: handed too, but um. I have tissues on, each of my conference tables because yeah. we almost always need them yeah yeah it's a so yeah let, let's delve into that just a little bit what type of personality fits into elder law that Ooh. is kind of well i mean yeah I, <laughs> I think it's a a common personality it's it isn't your hard-driving typical tv lawyer that's no. you know banging on the desk and your know, objection your honor no it's it's a I call them, typically, most elder law attorneys seem to be the hugging type of attorneys. You've
2: got to be compassionate. You've got to be, uh, uh, you've got to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to listen before you talk. And uh, and I always start my, the people will sit down and I'll say, okay, where do you want to start in this conversation? Because we, what what I want, if, if I start where I want to start, you're not going to pay attention until we get to what you want to talk about. So go ahead and start and that's where we start and and it leads into you know and then I've got my checklist and they fill out a questionnaire and uh, but but they and sometimes if it's a couple they'll each have a different place they want to start so, <laughs> so we need to mediate that too yeah. but it, it is it's a it's a it's it's a you've got to you've got to have some compassion yeah. and you have to have staff that has compassion because uh, we had one lady that answered the phone, and my assistant and I both said that, you know, we'd been worn to a frazzle over the years, and she was the heart of the office. She could answer and listen to these people talk when they called in and about things that we cared about but didn't matter. Yeah, and she would listen, and, and so you've, ah. you've got to have staff, too. That, that's true. You know.
1: Yeah, your staff has to support them that.
2: Because that's the face of your office, and they need to know that they're safe when they come in. Interesting so um what type of attorney
1: would consider changing what they're doing if they're not happy right now Mm -hmm. and going into elder law what what type of attorney would you suggest
2: um i would say someone that's got uh you've got to have a good background in estate planning i mean that's you know it it may be what you do all the time and you can fill in the rest but you've got to at least be competent in estate planning and probate uh, guardianships if you um, you can join an elder law firm you can find one that's close you can start your own Um, starting your own firm is not for sissies
1: probably need coaching been there done that you so, yes, absolutely coaching. need coaching <laughs> thank you oh yeah
2: well I, I, w- I was getting there i you know <laughs> yeah um you have to when i when i started out uh, the national academy of elder law attorneys had two conferences a year and uh i was on my own and not making uh not setting the world on fire with income sure uh but i would figure out how to go to two conferences a year meet the people who knew what they were doing. Um, And that was, that was all the coaching we had back then. And, and um, when they had one in the spring and one in the fall, and I finally stopped going to two and I hadn't paid for the spring. And when I got to the fall and I looked at my credit card and went, Oh, okay. Well, perhaps two is too much, but I met wonderful people and I, I learned a lot. You've got to be willing to study and, and listen to the people who know, like you, who know what to tell them how to do it because you've
1: been where I am, you know. Some of my best associates have been and they'll say I was a washed up divorce attorney. I was yeah. early thirties, been doing law for almost ten years, and you hate your life. You you hate going to work every day because you're going to deal with <laughs> right. a, another angry client, it doesn't matter what you do for yeah. them, they are not happy because they didn't get all the money and yep. all the kids all the time. And so it's like, you're a terrible lawyer because you didn't give me everything I wanted. I'm like, come to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk. If
2: you're in a, if you're in a practice where, and the attorney, the attorney is always the bad guy and always takes the fall
1: in most fields.
2: In in most fields. Well, huh? I even. I even tell my clients. I say, "Tell your sister it's the attorney's fault." You know, you have to do this, and mom's got to do this because the attorney told you you had
1: to. Oh, thank
2: you. It takes the pressure off. (laughs) Whatever. But yeah,
1: it's. But we we rarely go to court, right? Right. I mean, I tell people I sit at my conference table all day and I solve problems. Right. I wear khakis and a pullover, and I go home each day. I don't have to worry about depositions and. Exactly. Timelines, it's just, let's do the plan. It's just, it's a very lower stress job. It is. It, it's not for everybody. You do have to be compassionate. You, you have to, you know, when Miss Jones comes in with her husband in the nursing home and she thinks she's going to lose everything, but you're able to save everything, she's probably going to hug your neck. Okay. <laughs> and thank you yeah. for that. And yeah. you have to be okay with that.
2: Exactly. Well, and you also have to be willing to deal with the the people who come in and say the government's going to take my stuff. What do I do? And I'll say the government's not going to take your stuff. The thing that you do if you don't want the government to take it is don't apply for Medicaid. And they look at me like I've got rocks in my head, and I say, "But, but now sit down and I'll tell you what the real story is." Yeah. And stop listening to your neighbors. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's it's good to have. I've got I've got. A couple of people that I can call for litigation and I refer it out because I don't have the staff, the time, or the stomach anymore. Yeah. Uh, been there, done that. Don't want to go back.
1: If you do your practice right, you're probably charging flat fees. Exactly. And would make more money sitting in your office doing stuff rather than down at the courthouse. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I do want to circle back real quick. We You mentioned Nayla. Yes. And... People confuse ELF, the, the National Elder Law Foundation, with NALA, and so can you explain the difference between those two?
2: Uh, yes, uh, NALA is uh, a membership organization. So what, does and, uh, oh, what does it stand for? Pardon? Oh, the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, and um, anybody can join. And I don't mean I don't mean to sound like a, this is pejorative. I don't mean to put them down. It's it's a trade organization. Sure. They have wonderful educational materials. They have, you know, listservs. They've got wonderful people that belong. But there are also folks that belong that are just learning, that call themselves elder law attorneys, but they really are estate planners uh, or insurance salespeople or whatever else. Uh, There's no vetting for the membership.
1: membership. You pay your
2: membership dues and, and you're a member. National Elder Law Foundation... Bets the members you can't just join there have to be a cila have to be a cila um and and certified by the elder law foundation so it was the it was it's like accountants and cfps sure you, know, okay. you can go to an accountant but if you want a certified financial planner that's certified by the cfp organization right. you go to a cfp so
1: I think both of us would recommend that if you are thinking about getting into elder law, pay the how much is it six hundred six six
2: uh, yeah six hundred fifty dollars
1: yeah to join Nayla. Uh, yeah, absolutely join absolutely it. it it that's what I did that's what you did I, I'm sure and I was very well experienced in. But just just understand anybody can be a member. That's an attorney, and so you'll you'll see lawyers who do bankruptcies and divorces right. and criminal. Oh yeah, and we do elder law, and we're members of the National. Oh yeah. Yeah, nayla and so I do recommend that you join it. But it is it's it is a membership. It is. Okay, so um good, good. So let's talk about. Um, I don't want to talk about specific. What you've got to do to be a CELA. Mm-hmm. But if an attorney is out there, they are doing elder law, they're like, okay, I want to eventually be a certified elder law attorney. What advice would you give them? What sort of things should they be doing to get on that track to become a certified elder law attorney?
2: Um, first thing you do is you contact the NELF office and get the requirements and, and, we refer to it as the grid. Uh, you know, there's there are 12 areas of practice um, that are core areas that you that you need to be proficient in.
1: Twelve core?
2: I believe there's 12 core. Okay. They're just 12 areas, and five or core. Cut that part out. There are core areas that you need. There are major areas okay. that you need to know, and then there are minor areas that elder law attorneys need to be familiar with. Okay. Um you i talked to one actually was a past president of the of nelf and he failed the exam the first time and because he didn't study like me Uh, well this was another one (laughs) okay Okay. (laughs) and and he said what he did was he looked and he personally didn't do some of these things so he had a firm and his firm went out and looked for housing cases so that, he could, so that he could make himself familiar with HUD housing and some of the other things that he did. He forced himself and his practice to expand past just what they were doing, so it was a more, more well-rounded practice. And I think if you're going to go into elder law and you're going to pass the test, you need to be personally familiar with these areas. You don't necessarily have to do all the work, but you have to assign it to somebody to do.
1: So, it, explain the grid. And I think that's one thing that surprises people when they're like, okay, I've been in practice five years. I, I want to sit for the exam. It's like, oh, crud, this grid. So, yeah. what can they do on the front end to make the grid easier?
2: Well, what you do is you look and s- see the area of practices that you need to have so many hours and so many cases in the okay. past five years. Yeah. And, and, um, I I went back and actually in the Time Matters program I made a category so that I could print it out because it it's it's a daunting task it's not inconsiderable but especially but you can have three or four different categories in one case you can do counseling for your fiduciaries in a probate as well as probate and so one case make make take bunch of things, but you have to do counseling for fiduciaries. You need to do some kind of trust work. You need to do some kind of estate planning. You need to do Medicaid. Medicaid, Medicaid is, yeah. And so there are some practitioners out there who only do Medicaid who think they're
1: elder law attorneys. Yep. And it's more than that. It's more than Okay. So, and I normally don't ask questions I don't know the answer to, but I don't know the answer to this one. So um, is there a time limit going backwards when you're doing the grid, how far back can you go? I you think it's five years. Okay. So our recommendation is if if, if you're seriously wanting to become a seala get what Marilyn just said from the NAF office and I would create folders, physical folders. Mm-hmm. And when you do that case, print out something that gives the name and just some facts and drop it in that file. Right. Your grid will be so easy, exactly. The rest of us had to go back, and it's like, okay, what did uh, yeah. I do on this? I mean, it's a nightmare it is a if nightmare. you don't plan ahead. And so, the grid, mm-hmm. um, I'm coaching a a new Sila, and um, in our coaching group, you know, this issue came up, and his first thing was the grid. Oh my <laughs> the god, grid. The grid. used to, and I think we've stopped this since. I was on the board. Is we had to do a grid every five years. Yes. To prove that we had seen those yeah. cases. Well, we as Sela said, "Nope, we're so, stopping that." Yeah, this is. <laughs>
2: you have to swear that you've done it. Yeah. And I suppose we could check up on you if we, if anybody ratted you out that you weren't really doing some right. of it. But yeah, so, no. yeah. Uh,
1: There's only yeah. one grid now.
2: One grid now. One exam. Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
1: And the exam is hard. we will tell you that it is it's it's on purpose, it is tough, and that's right. that's actually why I'm, <clears throat> we're actually sitting here face to face um because we just graded exams mm-hmm. and um it's it's a process and and our determination when we're grading is would we refer a elder law client to this person exactly and if the answer is, <clears throat> well, this is a bad answer, they said some really dumb stuff, no, not. Or it's like, you know, I think this person has a good grasp, and as right. yes we would. So, okay. Um, anything else you want to add?
2: Um, I had something a moment ago, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're out a lot. Well, we're
2: a lot. This is why we have good staff. Sympathy with our clients. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, that's another thing that. You know, as we go on and we see a lot of this stuff in our families. Uh, it's easier to deal with our personal life, you know
1: yeah i've yeah. seen so many people come into elder law because they've dealt with it in their family, a like, yeah, my parents were woefully unprepared, and i couldn't find anyone to help them, yeah, and so by George, i'm going to become an elder law attorney, and that's great come on but yeah i've i don't think I've ever met anyone who's gone from law school directly into elder law, no it's like. Oh, I want to do something fun and exciting. Well, fun and exciting gets old real quick. (laughs) Yeah. But you truly, I mean, these people, when I say this, I am serious. I have tissues on my table because these people come in stressed out and you're able to solve their problem and save their entire half a million dollar estate, they're like, Oh my God, thank you. Because Betty at the beauty shop and sister so-and-so at church said, I was going to lose everything. And you're able to say, "No, the rules are there to protect you. We can protect all of this. And it's a shock. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing that,
2: that, okay. One of the other things that, um, having a diverse background, diverse practice background isn't the worst. Absolutely. Because one of the things I did in my interim phase was I prosecuted uh, at, at the municipal court in Kansas City. And that saw the quasi-criminal side of things. And adults get shuffled into that more often than, and it's confusing. And it's not a bad thing to be able to say, no, we need to get her into the mental health system right. rather than... Locking her up. Um, Very good point. Which, which, which happens, and and the the, the bankruptcy, uh, the, the, the the credit counseling, and the financial counseling. That's a really important part of budgeting and getting folks on. And I know you want to give it all to your son, but uh, just because he's living in your basement doesn't mean that you know he's going to be there when you need him. Uh, and it's so so that the the diverse background in your practice, a little family law. Oh, and everything is family law. (laughs) True. You you know, when it comes down to one day, I said, "I'm so glad I don't do family law." Wait a minute, everything is family (laughs) law. Uh, So understanding that, but having those experts and those certified people, your board, your state board specializations, uh, go to those folks if you need, because it's the same kind of referral system. Cool.
3: Okay.
1: Anything else?
2: Uh, anybody that's listened to it, listen to this podcast, go for it. You know, know. It's yeah. a
1: wonderful person. It
2: is. There. It's rewarding. Uh, get Todd to can- cancel you through it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's, uh, I've known Todd for a long time and, uh, he's got a lot of, a lot of sense.
1: Thank you. I always I tell people it's not hard, but it's complicated.
2: It is. It is,
1: <laughs> boy, is that a cliche? It's complicated. No, it, this really is complicated. Once you figure it out, it's like, I've done this 10,000 times. Yes, I can solve it. Yeah. it. It's not hard, but the rules sometimes don't make sense. Well, and it's complicated.
2: And, well, that's, that's another thing is that it's, oh, if we do the Medicaid, um, I mean, if you think income tax and state tax are complicated, the Medicaid part of it. And it changes every six months. And you've got to have your state rules and your federal rules and the people that are interpreting the rules and the, the Social Security. I mean, it's, it's
1: yeah, it's deep. I've, I'm have i shy totally away from tax law. You, you have your LLM in tax. I don't but and don't want all
2: it. All I do is identify issues and <laughs> okay. send them to the experts. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah. But I've had tax... Because I think tax law is so complicated. I've had tax attorneys tell me, I don't know how you do Medicaid. Yeah. That is so complicated. That's exactly like, right. What? <laughs> tax law is complicated. They're like, no, 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 no. Medicaid law is complicated. I'm like, oh my God. So, yes, yeah. it's, it's fine. But once you get it it's, it, it's not hard, but you can truly make a difference in people's lives. And oh. if you want an area of practice that can truly make a difference, elder law is it.
2: I have had more clients come back and thank me for what they've done. Exactly. I still get cards. I have one son that uh, grew up in Hawaii. He goes and brings me cookies back from Hawaii. I mean, nice. you know, it, nice. it, it has more rewards than just a paycheck.
1: Good. Good. All right, Marilyn. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. If anyone for some reason wants to contact you, how do they get in contact with you?
2: Um, you can go to my website, okay. which is mgmillerlaw.net. Okay. Uh, Google me uh, should show in texas i show up i don't know if i would in arkansas or not but uh yeah and just send a request or call all right
1: right. thank you very much thank you you've been listening to
0: elder law in a box helping you help seniors have peace of mind and not go broke paying for the care that they need we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show But it doesn't stop here. If you want to learn more about letting Todd be your elder law coach, find him at www.elderlawinabox.com and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Elder Law in a Box. Thanks for listening. Until next time.